0: Welcome to the Here to Evolve podcast. I'm Josh.
1: And I'm Alessandra. And in this podcast, we take topics from both health and fitness, as well as the business side of things.
0: We run two businesses, SD Evolution and Fit Coach Pro, and have a pretty unique perspective because we've had a lot of success, but we are not quite at the top of the food chain yet.
1: Our mission is to help break down these topics so you can learn in an easy-to-digest manner and apply them into your daily life.
0: In this episode, we are going to be answering your questions on alcohol. The Booze Cruise. But first, if you are a new listener and you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left us a quick review, just a quick five star review, or if you want to comment on it, um, all the better. If you are a returning listener, same deal. If you have not yet left a review or shared us on social media, please do so. This is a free podcast. We give you guys as much as we can on here, uh, giving you the goods, breaking things down. Um, you know, aside from the one to one coaching and our app, this is as close as you can get to us and again it's free so pay your dues leave a review and we love you
1: all right so we've had a couple of podcast episodes discussing our personal stories with alcohol for those who have not listened to those or who those who don't know our story we'll kind of just briefly summarize what our journey looks like so i've been alcohol free since 2014 so eight, going on nine years now. Um, it's been even longer for Josh. When did you? Stop
0: I've been sober name? since breakfast.
1: Ha ha.
0: Uh, I stopped, I don't even know the date, 2012, 13, 14. What, what year is it?
1: What year is 2023? it right now? It's twenty. So it's been a decade for you.
0: It's been close to a decade. Um, I was diagnosed with Barrett's esophagus my junior year of college and I pretty much... Stopped drinking right after that came to a screeching halt. Um, I drank more in those few years in college than most people do in their entire lives, and it wasn't necessarily a choice to stop drinking, but uh, a necessity, really. I actually continued to push through it, continued drinking through that due to you know pressure of friends and continuing relationships, um, but I just I stopped getting drunk. I just felt like I was having a heart attack every single day for about a year and a half before things started to get somewhat under control. Um, so.
1: So for someone listening, Barrett's esophagus in drinking alcohol, why, why do they recommend you, do they recommend that you stop drinking completely, number one, and number two, why?
0: Yeah, they recommend a lot of things. Uh, no alcohol, limited caffeine, limit things like chocolate, things that are acidic um, that can create more acid reflux. Barrett's esophagus is essentially caused by the erosion of your esophageal tissue, so it actually looks more like your stomach lining than it does a throat. Um, this just, they thought it made you more susceptible to uh, esophageal cancer. Um, you're still at a higher risk, but it's not quite as high as they used to think back in the day. Um, but yes, lifestyle measures are the first thing that they want to, they want you to kind of jump on.
1: So your decision was more of a forced decision, we'll call it, mine was more so a intentional choice to just stop because it it just it got to the point where alcohol just didn't fit the lifestyle that I wanted to live, even in small amounts. I initially stopped in twenty thirteen actually to do a bodybuilding competition, a bikini competition in for those who don't know, you have to have a super strict diet to do that, and I was eating super clean. Your typical bro meals do not recommend, um, but that's why I stopped initially, was to you know, commit to that fitness goal, and I realized in that time, that was about nine months of not drinking, I just really enjoyed how I felt I really enjoyed remembering things and not waking up and being confused as to what happened the night before um and leading up to that you know I was drinking probably four to five times per week pretty excessively what you would classify now as binge drinking so binge drinking for women is anything over is four or more drinks in a day or in a night and for men I believe it's five um I was doing well above that for four to five nights per week um, just in from through high school throughout college most of college and it was my last year of college that I did this bikini competition. I had a handful of days where I drank after the competition was over maybe like three or four but every time I did afterwards it just didn't feel like it was something that I wanted in my life anymore. I didn't like how I felt. I never really enjoyed drinking. I only drank to get drunk so you know after my show was over I graduated and that's when I moved to San Diego met Josh and just kind of decided to nix it all together um, so that's the the cliff notes version of our stories again we do have i think two podcast episodes talking more in depth about our Actual stories with alcohol and even a YouTube video. So if you want to go back to the archives to see those They're on the interwebs Um, But we wanted to use this to answer some common questions that you guys had I asked this Like a month ago. Sorry guys Uh, We never got around to doing this, but we're here now Um, So this was just a little Q&A box. I threw up on Instagram and we're just gonna cycle through them. So number one, what is the best way Actually, you know what? Before we start, I think it's important for us to just throw out a disclaimer, I guess. And this topic is, it tends to be controversial just because alcohol is so normalized in our culture. And I think it's something that most of us have done or you know we're surrounded by people who are drinking. Um, So if you're listening to this I would imagine that you're probably somebody who is curious about what living a sober lifestyle may look like or maybe you've thought about it before or maybe you just are curious on someone else's viewpoint. Um, You know we always encourage you to do what is best for your life and for for some people that means cutting it out completely. For others maybe it means you know drastically reducing the amount that you're drinking um but i think you know most of the research and data supports that there's nothing super beneficial about alcohol when it comes to your health and your body
0: it's not most of the research it's all of the research anything over two drinks i believe in a week is detrimental to your overall health and
1: you know i think A lot of us tend to forget or maybe we don't even know that alcohol is a toxin right so it's a known toxin a lot of people out in the health and wellness industries talk about toxins and try to fear monger you and toxins in certain foods and this and that and there may or may not be some truth to that but Alcohol is legitimately a toxin and your body will do everything that it possibly can to get rid of it when you ingest it. So it's impacting your health in many ways. Um, it's usually not making us feel great. So just for,
0: for those of you who think it makes me sleep better, helps me calm down, it's a coping mechanism for stress, it is not beneficial in any of those areas. So I'm going circle around, to circle around to one area where I think it is beneficial. Those two are not Areas that are that are included none of these things that you're feeding yourselves. Oh alcohol is good for this It's good for that. It's in moderation. Yada yada. It's all bullshit You're just telling yourself that it is and I'm not saying this to scold you if you continue to do so because you choose to That's fine But don't tell yourself that it's good for any of these things because you're not sleeping better You're not dealing with stress better. None of those things are, are real in actualities What it can be beneficial in and this is probably the one piece of it that I miss is that social connection you probably develop deeper bonds with certain people. And I'm not saying going out and getting blasted, but I'm just saying, you know, in a cultural sense, in a historical historical sense, I think a lot of bonding has been done through alcohol consumption, um, ideally in moderation. But just people you wouldn't necessarily talk to or get as deep into a conversation with or just, you know, getting a little deeper with certain people. And not to say that you can't do these things sober. I'm just saying that alcohol is used as an icebreaker And I think, uh, again, in the right circumstances, it can help deepen specific bonds. I'm
1: going to disagree with uh, the comment that you said about how it can deepen connections because I don't think that... I think that every friendship I've had from drinking and from alcohol has been surface level. And it never got to the point where it turned into a very deep and... Amazing friendship where we cared about each other outside of drinking. Um, maybe that's different for other people, but I think I prefaced that within certain think circumstances. That yes, it can help you talk to people that you might not normally talk to, create connections. But I don't think that they are deeper connections just clarifying my stance there.
0: If you are breaking the ice and you are having conversations about things you would not otherwise be having conversations about, and I'm not talking about a blasted level. I'm talking a couple drinks. Everyone's feeling good. We're opening up to each other within that. I just think even historically, like Native Americans making their own booze out of what cactus would they use? Agave? No, we're gonna go back there. I'm just saying, just ceremonial, ceremonial type of drinks. And this is probably a stretch, but I'm just saying the one aspect of it, I think you can possibly pull a benefit from and really stretch it out would be those social connections in, in certain circumstances and in moderation. I'm not saying it's necessary. I'm just saying know, if we're pulling straws, saying, that is one area. If I said I had to miss alcohol, that would be the one.
1: Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you on that. I just disagree with the the deeper connections portion of that. But.
0: So you're not being scolded if you drink, just throwing some hard truths out at you first.
1: All right, first question, we will get right into it. What is the best way you politely tell people you don't drink alcohol when they offer it?
0: No thanks, I don't drink. <laughs> it's not, it's simple. not, I'm not drinking. Yeah, you I'm don't not have drinking to make a big thing about it either. That's, well, what I'm saying is there's different uh, language barriers with that. So if I'm not drinking tonight, okay, well, why are you not drinking tonight? Or why are you not drinking right now? Or why are you not going to drink later? I don't drink is final. It's the finality. They're not going to continue. They shouldn't continue offering it if you tell them I don't drink. Do you smoke? Do you want a cigarette? No, I don't smoke. That's kind of, um, I believe they do that as a, what's the word I'm looking for? And that's not rephrase, but essentially rephrasing something to make it true. Like when you're quitting smoking, it's you're more embodying
1: powerful. It. You're embodying not being a drinker versus saying I'm not drinking tonight. Right.
0: I'm not smoking right now, I don't no, thank you, I'm not smoking. it's I'm not a smoker, nope, I don't drink,
1: yeah, I think it can be as simple as that, and I think this is where a lot of us who are on this side of it, the people who don't drink, we tend to overthink it and think that people are gonna judge us and think that people are gonna ask a bunch of questions, and you know questions are okay too, like that's your chance to maybe educate someone or share a little bit about yourself. um, I think that you can be blunt and just say I don't drink or you can feel free to explain yourself but either way I don't think there's a wrong way to do it and I think that in in return if that person does start to push and pry and is really trying to pressure you that's on them that you made them uncomfortable because you said you don't drink so they're they're trying to kind of align with you and get you to be back to the same page that they're on so don't overthink it you can just leave it at that and if this is a repeated, I guess, experience that you're having where the same person keeps trying to push you and pressure you, then you can have that conversation with them and if they don't respect that, they're probably not somebody you want in your life or to be friends with anyway. All right, next question. What made you get sober? Were you a big drinker like me? Um, So we kind of touched on this a little bit and to go a little bit deeper for me, obviously you guys know Josh's was kind of a forced health decision. Um, I would consider what I was a big drinker, I guess, compared to, I mean, many people might consider that normal, but that is still excessive. Um, and again, it was just really valuing how I felt not by not drinking and valuing everything that I was feeling and was able to remember and how much money I was saving and, um, just how much not drinking Basically, not drinking added more value to my life than drinking did. Is what it came down to, and it took some time to reflect on that. But um, you know, it was just a decision that I knew needed to be like cold turkey. I wasn't somebody who was going to be able to drink like a glass of wine every few nights. Like I just didn't want it in my life.
0: If a thirty rack is a warm up, would you consider that heavy drinking?
1: What? I don't even know what that means.
0: A thirty rack was my warm up would you consider that heavy drinking?
1: Yes. I had to like literally think about what a 30 rack meant because it's been that long. Beers. I know. It's just like not language that's in my life. <laughs> All right. How do you feel your life would be different now if you had never stopped drinking? For one, I don't think we would have gotten married. If if you had to make that decision for yourself and I was somebody who continued drinking, would you have still married me? No it just would not have aligned with our lifestyles. I don't, like our our lifestyles would not have aligned and we wouldn't, I could see that causing arguments between us. I could see, I just feel like that's a really hard place to navigate between a couple. And I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who do it. Maybe you do it and you're listening. But for us, I don't think that we would have been a, um, we wouldn't have been able to deepen our relationship if I chose to drink and you
0: no, with my circumstance, um, like I needed someone, I needed a sober partner. Like I, I was battling at that point in my life when we started dating. I was still battling my friends. Um, I don't drink, on a drink, on a drink, and it was just uh, very exhausting. So if I was with someone who did continue to drink, it just was a stress I couldn't I couldn't deal with.
1: And I respect that. Um, so my life would be not. Anywhere like we would not be together. We would not have Kai. We would not have our businesses we, you would not be listening to me talk on this podcast So I don't know where my life would be but this would not be it Which is crazy to think about Um, are you ever tempted during vacations? I feel like this is where I would struggle
0: No, not vacation. Um, like weddings and stuff occasions. Yeah, I would, I, would I would agree.
1: I'd say Weddings occasions where it seems like everybody is drinking Yes, I would for sure. And this is there. where
0: I'm slipping in that social connection with a bunch of random strangers at a at a wedding. I've I've honestly picked up the glass of champagne and stared at it for five minutes at weddings we've been to over the last few years, and I put it back down. But it was that was that's where I'm tempted.
1: Yeah, I agree. Just because it's like usually at events like that. When you're at a wedding, you're with a lot of people you don't know maybe or you're with just people who are you're you're at a party, right? And we don't put ourselves in situations like that regularly. We're not going out to bars every weekend. We're not going to parties as 30-something year olds. Even as our most of our 20s, we didn't go to parties often and when we did, we had each other, but I think that that's harder than vacation. Vacations for us now are really just an extension of the lifestyle that we live at home without work or with less work. (laughs) Um, Like, so we just went on vacation with Kai and obviously that's different when you're with your kid. But, you know, it was more so about relaxing and about getting our steps in and, you know, doing the things that make our bodies feel good. Um, It wasn't about drinking. And I think that
0: i mean what's what's the value add with drinking is it to relax is it to sleep better to sleep on the beach because again you're not relaxing you're not sleeping better and you're going to wake up feeling like shit. and you're going to
1: come back home feeling crappy probably yeah i
0: always feel like crap when i travel in general so adding alcohol to the equation is just makes me want to throw up just thinking about it's not even remotely a pull for me
1: all right how do you deal with other people thinking you judge their choice to consume alcohol um you know, this isn't something that I overly concern myself with. Other people are free to make their own opinions about us, but we're not out here judging people. We've said that with every time we've talked about this, that we are not judging you if you do choose to drink. Many of our clients drink. Many of our family members drink. It's something that it's not we're we're not in a place where we're in this complete sober community and like hating on everybody who drinks alcohol it's about bringing awareness to a lifestyle that is not really a popular one and although i do think it is becoming more quote unquote normal like there's more like sober bars and like sober places and like just people who are choosing to live a sober lifestyle what the fuck
0: is a sober bar
1: I just saw this on Facebook the other day, um, This, or it was like on TikTok or something. This girl made a TikTok and it was like that time when everybody told you your sober bar would fail or your sober nightclub or something would fail. And it's like this big thing. I forget. She's in like a bigger... I've always c- thought of doing that. She's in a bigger city. It probably... There's none around here. There's I nothing around that.
0: here. I've always thought of that. Like make a cool lounge, some cool music, That's cool That's exactly vibes. what it was. There's... I forget. I don't know if it was Del Rey or if it was in California, but I was... It might have been. I think it was Del Rey because I was looking at things to do. And it was called Soul Soul Bar Soul something. And it was like concerts, yard games, lounges. Uh, I think like table games and shit, and then drinking. That's exactly but what this. If girl you had did. all of those things without the alcohol, like fucking smoothies and energy drinks. Or yeah, something.
1: that's what she had. She had like you know B twelve in- injection things. Like there was an injection station where you can get hydrated.
0: Think about why you're drinking. Alcohol. So let's let's fucking dive into this because I'm I love this shit. If you were to drink an energy drink at a club, you would still have a great time. If you were to drink these things, even if someone told you there was alcohol in this drink and they did a study on this, it was like just an alcohol flavored something mixed in with like seltzer water and they thought they were getting hammered and then as soon as the night was over, the experiment was over, they came out and said you didn't have a sip of alcohol but they felt drunk the whole time. So if you're looking for something, you could use like a mild stimulant, something caffeinated at a club or a bar whatever, you would have a better time while you were out there you probably fucking sleep the same. You just, as far as like cycles, not actual sleep. So you're still going you're to be You're not your going to pass late, out. Yeah. Um, and you'd feel better the next day. So I think that's like the coolest fucking thing.
1: Yeah. So may- maybe this is our sign that we're going to open up Connecticut's first uh, sober bar. Uh, no, you
0: have to be like a warm place where you could just hang out by the beach and do all this.
1: <laughs> all right. Maybe when we move. Um, we're not moving, by the way, that I know of at this time. <laughs> um, but what was the question? Oh, so how do you deal with other people thinking you you judge their choice and it's not, we're not judging their choice. And if they think that they're not really listening to what we're saying in the first place. So it's not really our business or problem to, to control what other people are thinking.
0: No, I couldn't care less. Um, if you think I'm judging you know that I'm not like, i am that's one of the big, the biggest pulls I've gotten from, I say that for a lot of things from uh, meditation. meditations, you know, I'm living here in the now, I don't judge you unless you're a total douche, but you drinking has no effect on that. Um, So if you think I'm judging you, I don't care because I'm not.
1: Truth. I'm 24 in school and don't drink yet. Everyone I know drinks and I feel sort of left out. I don't know how to escape this feeling. I promise you there are people out there who are not drinking. I promise you. I know it feels like everybody in college is drinking and most people are, but you have to... Find your crew. Find your people who aren't, or even if you know you find people who are, but still support you not drinking. Um, that's that's huge too. And like Josh just said, like maybe instead of drinking, you chug some pre workout or an energy drink or whatever it is, and go out, and you will still have a great time, and nobody needs to even know that you're not drinking. So if
0: you're holding a can of something, no one's gonna. Know yeah, the nobody
1: will literally know. And I
0: don't know if Meetup is still a thing, but there was a site when we lived in San Diego where you would find like. Kickball and volleyball and walks on the beach and this and that if you find an activity in a group with people who are doing things that you Enjoy that don't involve alcohol. That's probably another place to find those connections
1: All right. What replaced alcohol when you needed to relax running meditating? So for me I didn't drink alcohol to relax. I drink alcohol to get hyped up and go out and blackout Um, it was never it. I never was the person who would have a glass of wine to relax like there was always a purpose behind me drinking so I'm not sure that I can answer this question personally but like Josh mentioned earlier alcohol is not relaxing you you may feel like you get that the edge off temporarily but it's actually making you more stressed out over time so I think that there is power in finding something to replace it with I just saw a Somebody posted a reel, this guy, I don't know, this probably wouldn't be my advice to you guys, being that we are health conscious, but he was a big drinker and for him to get sober, what he did was instead of having his nightly drink or drinks, plural, he replaced that with a Ben and Jerry's pint of ice cream and that turned into his vice for two weeks And then after those two weeks, he slowly decreased the amount of ice cream that he was having and then eventually weaned himself off the ice cream. But that replacement was enough to help him kick drinking. And is it the best idea in the world? Maybe not. Maybe, depending on who you are. But it worked for him. So I think it's just a matter of finding what that that vice is for you um, to replace alcohol with. And maybe it's not even something that you eat or drink. It could be a hobby or it could be, like you said, running or meditation. Um, It's just something to replace that habit of having that glass of wine every night or having that beer every night.
0: Yeah, I think we drank for the same reasons and I did replace it with gambling. Um,
1: <laughs> probably don't take that advice. Don't either. take that
0: advice because I, I transitioned away from that as well. But looking for that, you know, that high that dopamine kick. Um, I got that from gambling for a while. And I mean, I won a lot. That's why it lasted for a while. And then you stop winning. And it's not as fun anymore. So I, I don't know that I ever actually replaced the gambling part. I think I'd probably just it more
1: because we are broke.
0: I was not gambling very much when we were together. You were still
1: so going a little bit.
0: It was no, I was not going. I was maybe going, not to the extent. I was that going you were multiple before. nights per week after I stopped. Well, drinking. I made
1: you stop going. Even so my more friends could go drink and
0: do whatever, and I would be at the tables. So they'd be getting hammered. I'd just be playing. That was our transition away from me drinking. Again, not what I'm recommending. Just being honest about what I did. Um, yeah, and from there it was just kind of figuring out my identity with this stuff: spiritual, physical you know, diving into these practices.
1: My significant other and I are also sober. Do you guys get lots of backlash for it too? People hate that we, I'm going to assume that you said don't drink. Um, not anymore. I don't know that we ever like were hated on or got backlash. Like there were a couple times where people would kind of just be pushy and like try to pressure me into it, but it was never like, hate we were never I at least I was never hated on for it um I know that your friends kind of struggled with you not drinking for a little bit but a lot of it a lot of it um so you're in a bit of a different situation there but you know I think at the end of the day you have to do what makes the most sense for you you're living life for yourself and yeah does it suck that maybe you lose friends because you stop drinking but if they're gonna if they're not gonna be your friend because you're not drinking alcohol That's not a real friend. I'm sorry.
0: That's the backlash. The backlash is we can now count both all of our friends combined on two hands.
1: Yeah, but I think, but I think that's also like just common for being 30. You guys chime in, let us know. Um, DM us on Instagram or something. I feel like it's ten or less. As you get older, your friend your friend circle starts to just get smaller, which isn't a bad thing. just because, like I said before, too, like when I was drinking, I had so many friends and in college I had so many friends, but they were not really friends. They were just drinking buddies. So I think there's a difference there.
0: This is also why I'm on a kick uh, looking at communes. So I was looking up a commune in Hawaii yesterday, actually, because I always wanted to start one. Like not always, but like recently I'm like, I should start a commune, sell the house, buy a big plot of land. And then I was thinking there are probably already some in existence already that aren't going to be like a full fledged Kickstarter. Um, But that's why, it's like social connection. This is why I think the world is broken. So we're gonna take a left turn right now. We are all so plugged into our phones and technology and unplugged from each other and we connect for all the wrong reasons. And our planet is breaking, we're over consuming. So I honestly think the solution to all of these problems is to go back in time, to go backwards, to unplug, to live off the land, to live in communities, to rely on each other. Your job is whatever your responsibility is in that community the world heals itself. Wildlife comes back. We don't have to go live on Mars. Nobody's as depressed because there's social connections. I honestly think that solves basically every fucking problem we have.
1: Coming from people who have built their business on social media and online.
0: And I would honestly, like if there was a reasonable way to do it, and this is like, we're talking pulling Kai out of school. We're talking about you know not having a, a source of income. If there was a way to live off the land with, not by my, I'm not trying to do this Alaska alone bullshit, I'm talking about with a community of people. So we so all have our own more. jobs, work together. Um, I would, I would seriously consider it. I think we I would, would all be so much happier. Agreed. So much happier. So
1: if we ever go MIA, you guys can come look for us in Hawaii. But um, yeah, I mean, we're going to start with chickens this year and see where that takes us. Anyway, that took a Clothing a left optional turn. commune. Um, I didn't agree to that, but. Great. How to help someone denying they have a problem Our friend who works for us found a bottle of alcohol in backpack at work. So well no, first no, of not all touching
0: that not you need a therapist. We're not touching that.
1: Yeah, well they, that person needs help. Um, right. But Especially. if you're their employer, your friend who works for you, that's definitely something you can have a conversation with them about if they're finding it at work. Um, but yeah, talk to a therapist and HR that is our advice. Yeah, we're not going deep into that one. Um, this is not related to alcohol, but I guess ties into sober living. What is your stance on medical marijuana? And personally, I don't have a stance here just because I don't know enough about it. I have not looked into it enough. I used to smoke weed in college recreationally. I have not since college. Um, maybe you have more insight here, but I don't have too much thought on this. We don't, I don't do it right now.
0: I mean, I think the majority of the benefits, I, I can't say this with any, uh, st- true stance behind it but would be from like cbd things so reducing anxiety reducing pain um i think once you start adding the thc back in you're dealing with some negative health consequences um
1: when it's chronic and like long-term use i think
0: and this is something andrew huberman has done a full blast on on one of his podcasts and that's why i'm saying it like this like there are potential benefits but there are also things you know that are not positive that are going to happen because of that so it's
1: you have to weigh the pros and cons for yourself absolutely will you be supportive if kai wants to drink alcohol
0: that's a good question
1: i think i think i've answered this before like when he was maybe first born somebody asked this and you know i think that the best thing we can do as parents is model a lifestyle that we truly value and truly believe in and truly supports him and our our family and ourselves and Hopefully he will see that. And I think also, like I said before, there is sort of a transition happening where there is a slow, maybe tiny shift in people not drinking as much. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, when he turns 18, he is free to make the decisions that he... Well, sorry, 21 when it comes to alcohol. But I'm just speaking like as an adult. He can make his own decisions and the best thing we can do is just lead by example and set him up for success, making sure he knows the pros and cons to everything, no matter what it is, whether it's alcohol related or something else. But we just will do our best to parent him and support him and educate him.
0: I think my hope is that with him growing up in a sober household, there will be less of a draw. And I know that'll happen once his friends start drinking and whatever, Um, but I think just being open with them, being honest with them, having those conversations, you know, alcohol and addiction runs in my family very heavily. Um, You know, the risks of that. I think it's also important to make sure that, you know, Kai and this entire generation understand that we're growing up in an entirely different world than us, the parents and the grandparents and the great grandparents. There is such a, there's no wiggle room, essentially, as I'm trying to say. If you fuck up, like you are in a lot of trouble and there's no getting out of that. Like there's, you fight the wrong person, it's a hate crime. You do this, you do that. Like there are life-changing things that can happen when you are not making great decisions because you are drunk and you can't come back from that. Everything is just so ironclad and you want to make an example of everything. Um, So it's just, you know, alcohol makes you less smart while you are under the influence. Again, not bashing you, but it's just, it's a fact. You don't make good decisions. So kind of letting him see that we don't drink Explaining the reasons why we don't drink and making sure he understands the consequences of drinking and and making poor decisions Especially which you know those things happen at a greater degree when you're younger you make dumb decisions when you're drunk and stupid Um, I think the biggest thing
1: is just letting like raising him to Know that we are there for him and that we are open with him and that we can have these tougher conversations no matter what and I think It's about building that trust with your your children
0: Absolutely. I think, you know, growing up making some of the dumb decisions that we made, like we could be in jail. I mean, for any, for who hasn't driven drunk? Who hasn't driven drunk? Be alive. It's I a terrible, terrible thing in the world to, to, to say, but to kind of just be honest about, you know, if you drink, you have probably driven drunk once or twice or driven when we say drunk, like you're over the line of 0.08 in Connecticut. Um, We make bad decisions. We make decisions that are borderline and any of those could result in any number of consequences. And it's, it's terrifying to think about. And again, it's a different world. I'll leave it there.
1: All right. Uh, Next question. So does it count to have one drink now and then making changes, but have maybe two per month? Does what count? I mean, I think she's asking it. Does it count to if you're sober to have one drink now and then? I'm not really sure. I'm just guessing. Um,
0: you're enjoying in moderation. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to be an unhealthy you're amount. Drinking. You're You're just enjoying you're in moderation. You're not living a sober lifestyle.
1: What was your first year sober like? First birthday, holidays, etc. So I my family is not big drinkers. Like thinking back to childhood, like I remember my grandfather and like family members would have like a shot of some Italian. I don't even know what the heck it Limoncello. was. Maybe. Yeah, sure. Um, And they would have wine uh, at meals, Um, but it was never anything excessive from what I remember. And as I became a teenager um, into college, my parents just kind of stopped drinking at some point too. So I don't think they even kept alcohol in the house at some point, probably just to keep it away from, from me. Um, but it wasn't really a big deal just because my family members were not big drinkers. Um, maybe it was different for you though.
0: Um, they weren't really big drinkers at events. Like if we were all hanging out somewhere playing cards or games or whatever. There was probably more drinking happening there, and I think like my early college years, like if we were doing those things, yeah, we were all drinking quite a bit. Um, but my family never pressured me. It was never them that was like, "Oh, do you want to? Do you want a shot? No? Do you want to drink? Do you want to drink? Do you want to beer? No? Okay, fine." So it wasn't the pressure wasn't from them. All
1: right, a couple more questions. Oh, so this one kind of goes hand in hand with that. This person's family are big drinkers. It can be a little too much. Without a little buzz when they drink. How to deal with that? Stop going. <laughs> I mean, it's that's hard because it's obviously your family and you probably want to be around them for certain occasions. But, I mean, I think it's also just maybe you figuring out how you can deal with it without being buzzed. Um, if you can deal with it without being buzzed. If it's really to an extent where it is largely negatively impacting you and your mindset and things are said and you know you can't be there without being buzzed, then maybe you do stop going. But that's hard. I mean I don't think I can personally relate to that one.
0: I think that's a situation like you're you're going there and your family is hammered. I think that's the situation and it is annoying to watch. Um
1: but is it doable? No. No.
0: Absolutely not. You're not you're not having meaningful conversations. You're not enjoying the presence of those around you so what would you do stop going
1: okay that's our answer do you ever get cravings in in parentheses this person wrote wine it's not the alcohol but the taste um i wasn't <laughs> i used to drink boxed wine so i would not really classify myself as a wine drinker i like i said before never really enjoyed the taste of any kind of alcohol wine beer any of the hard liquor it was just like to chug it down and do a job um, so I don't personally get cravings or ever had cravings, but I can see how the wine specifically is something that you can maybe crave. There are a lot of non-alcoholic options, though. So you said it's not the alcohol that you're that you're craving, it's the taste. Maybe you tried some of the non-alcoholic wines. I don't know. I've never tried them, so I can't tell you that they taste similar or great, but maybe that's something you look into.
0: I was craving it when we went to... Uh... That place in Chester.
1: Oh, yeah. We went out to dinner recently and Josh randomly told me, you, what were you craving? Whiskey or whiskey. something? And
0: I wasn't even a whiskey drinker, so I don't know what the fuck that was. But there was a bar behind the, we were sitting just looking at it and like, I would like a, a glass of whiskey right now. And I do occasionally crave like a beer. Like I love, I loved good beer. Um, and I think this kind of blew up like different IPAs and those micro breweries kind of. Became a thing after I stopped drinking, which is super annoying. Um, but I definitely crave some beer sometimes.
1: How to handle getting sober when your significant other loves to drink? We kind of touched on this. We probably wouldn't be able to handle it personally. Again, there are probably plenty of people out there who do handle it, and I think it's just a matter of having that open conversation with that person, and you know, setting some boundaries for each other. Um, you know, maybe they. Limit their drinking to a certain night or maybe, you know, you come up with a plan where it's feasible for both of you um, It's not probably not gonna be easy if you're trying to get sober and in the process but You have to do what's best for you and you can't make someone else do something that they don't want to do either So
0: no, it's not a death sentence. It's just about respect and you know creating boundaries.
1: All right, you guys. Well, that is the end of the questions that you asked. We appreciate you, you know, tuning in and asking great questions around this topic. Um, I know it's a topic that, again, is highly controversial, but I know a lot of people can relate to it. So let us know what you think, what you thought, and we will catch you in the next episode. Where can they find you?
0: At Josh Skutnik.
1: I'm at Alessandra Skutnik, and everything you need is linked in the show notes.